0: Welcome to Unlocking the Truth. We are excited you are joining us in this podcast by Preset Ministries Canada to discover God's truth for yourself and to know him deeply. You are listening to the series, Follow Me with Mark Sheldrick, where we will look at six characteristics of a true discipleship of Jesus Christ and his call to follow him. We encourage you to study along with the 40-minute Bible study, Being a Disciple, Counting the Real Cost. You can find this 40-minute Bible study on our website. Now here's Mark Sheldrick in Unlocking the Truth. Hello everyone, it's Mark Sheldrake here, and this is another episode of Unlocking the Truth podcast, a ministry of Precept Ministries here in Canada. So thankful that you are tuning in with us again. We're on episode four of True Discipleship and looking at all the characteristics of a true disciple. And uh, again, thank you for uh, the feedback that uh, is coming in, encouraged by those who are are sending in their emails and their testimonies. I am looking forward to taking a little break over the Christmas holidays, and so we'll be back with our final episodes in January, and then we're going to be moving into a new topic. Stay tuned for the next book of the Bible that we're going to be looking at. We'll announce that in January. Also want to thank all those who participated in our Giving Tuesday project. If you were paying attention to our emails or our online presence, On social media, Uh, our goal was to raise $15,000, and the Lord exceeded that goal uh, more than we ever could have imagined, and the final total was just over $35,000. Praise the Lord for those gifts so that we can continue to offer free training uh, in the new year, and uh, that allows for over 1,200 students to participate in training across Canada, So if you are a Bible study leader and you would love to host training with us and give an opportunity for uh, those seats to be filled in a local church, please call us 877-234-2030 or you can email training at preceptministries.ca and talk to Shelly about getting uh, some training in your area. We'll be out in uh, British Columbia at the end of January. Looking forward to that. Always love going there. End of January, of course. And uh, what a what an opportunity we to uh, study the word together. Uh, let's just recap. Uh, but before we do, let me uh, pray. Father, we do thank you for this time that you have given us in the word. We pray that uh, the truths that we're going to see today would uh, be a good reminder of what you have called your disciples to be, but also an opportunity for you to through your spirit work in our hearts to transform us and change us and to bring conviction where it needs to be needs to be brought so lord we commit our time to you now in jesus name we pray amen so we're looking at this whole topic of uh, a true disciple what makes a true disciple stand out in the world the first week and first episode we looked at the call of the disciple and how they these disciples just They dropped everything and followed Jesus, uh, a disciple, a lifelong learner who adheres to the teachings of the Master, and in this case, Jesus. So adhering to the teachings of Jesus is which is going to be a major, major focus of this week's episode. Episode two, we also looked at the cost of following Jesus and to really count the cost and what are we willing to give up to follow after him. Episode three, we looked at the purpose and idea of what are those tests, those tests or distinguishing traits that draw us out to be true Christians and true disciples of Jesus Christ. This week, we're looking at the commitment, the commitment to be a true follower of Christ. Speaking of commitment, I've got to tell you, folks— that uh, in my years of trying to be an endurance athlete, it is a commitment. Uh, No greater commitment is there than training for an Ironman. Uh, Training for an Ironman can take between 15 and 25 hours a week to get in shape and get ready to run, bike, and swim. I can remember... Uh, doing training for my very first Ironman, and I couldn't believe that you know I would be at the pool at 5 a.m. I would swim for an hour and a half. Then by in the evening I would do weight workouts, and then an hour and a half bike ride on the bike trainer if it was winter, or then I'd get outside and ride uh, in the summertime. Also, a part of that you got to add in running because you have to be able to run a, a marathon. Uh, 42 kilometers on top of that, so 180 kilometer bike ride, uh, three, three kilometer swim, and it is a lot of work to get in shape. Six days a week you are training to get ready for the Ironman. For one day, for it to all fall apart because it's really hot or it's raining or something can go wrong, and that was kind of the joy and the downfall of outside endurance sports. I remember running marathons and thinking, man, this is such a huge commitment for just one day. And in that one day, the weather could be terrible. Ran the Chicago Marathon in pouring rain, and uh, my shoes probably weighed about 10 pounds at the end of the race. Just a real uh, serious commitment. And that's what we're looking at this week. Uh, Jesus has been teaching us about these important qualities of following after him. It's one who denies himself. It's one who follows after him wholeheartedly, one who who, who loves. And this week, we look at the one who abides. And I want to start our, our time together <clears throat> in looking at one of the most important fruits that a disciple bears. All right, so we're going to look at this uh, through the through the Gospel of John, and we're going to start at John chapter six verses sixty to seventy one. It's a big chunk of uh, verses, but we want to draw attention to it and help us to understand uh, what is going on here. For the purposes of context, we want to look at earlier in John chapter six, just a few uh, verses that help summarize what Jesus was teaching. In this passage, John chapter 6, verse 35, he said, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life, and he who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. All right, so I am the bread of life. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 51, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I will give you for the life of the world is my flesh. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 55. For my flesh is the true food, and my blood is the true drink. Jesus has just been talking about uh, him being the bread of the life. It's part of these truly statements that he has in John and when he brings this out what he's telling us is that is the one who is te- who is the follower the one who abides in Jesus will have eternal life all right so i'm the bread of life abide in me eat of my flesh and drink of my blood abide in me And you will have eternal life. Uh, The passage that we're about to look at is going to show us two reactions to the teachings that Jesus had on being the bread of life. So let's pick this up in verse uh, in verse sixty. All right. Therefore, many of his disciples, when he heard this, said, "This is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it?" So we don't even want to go any further than this. We just want to stop right here because one of the things that we come across in this passage is we see the word disciple. We've been talking about disciples uh, in our whole series so far. What John is referring to as disciple here is referring to not the twelve—they are a part of this group—not the twelve— But this is the larger group of people that were following Jesus at this time. All right. So anyone who was following after Jesus, John considered in this case, those who were disciples. And so when Jesus started to really pick at these people and to really give them a moment to think through all that he had been teaching, he then lays out what is really vital for them, which is abiding in him that it's more than the external uh, things that he was doing for them, and it was the, becoming more of the internal decision that we or these people were making to follow after him. I remember uh, in Bible college, the t- uh, the professor asked us to write a paper, do you love Jesus for who he is or for what he does? What a difficult uh, paper to write, really to wrestle through, this because a lot of the Gospels, what do we see? A lot of the Gospels, we see the things that Jesus did uh, for the people, all these healings and the feeding of, of thousands of people. And it's not, it's very easy to fall in love with the things that Jesus did. But when we look at who Jesus is, and that Jesus is fully man, fully God, do we love him for who he is? If he didn't do all of the other things, would we still love and abide in him? And that's really what is being challenged here. It's, do you really abide in me? And if you abide in me, you have eternal life. All right. So he says, um, this was difficult uh, for many who listened to it. Uh, But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, does this cause you to stumble? Uh, what then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where He was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh of uh, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are Spirit and are life. And so this is very interesting because you have to think about what He just taught. He He just taught that Jesus himself, he is the one who sustains. He's the one that you take in. And, and because he sustains you, he, he gives you life. And then he said, he just laid right out, I am the living bread. And he said, uh, if you take of me, you will live forever. And he, then he says, the bread which I'm talking about is my flesh. Whoa, hold on. And then in verse 55, my flesh is the true food and my blood is the true drink. Can you imagine this teaching and sitting with Jesus? I remember teaching this text to a bunch of teenagers a number of years ago at one of our student conferences and and the way that I was explaining it to these teens was did some of these disciples sit there some of these followers and not fully comprehend what Jesus was teaching and say does he literally want us to eat him? Like, is that what he's saying? Is he saying that we want him to got to eat him or what's going on? Like, I can't comprehend. I can't put together what you're telling me about this. They begin to complain about this teaching because they don't fully understand him. And then verse 64, it says, uh, but there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning who they were and who did not believe and who it was that would betray him. All right, so this is this is really important for us to know that Jesus here, and one of the characteristics that we see in Jesus is that he's omniscient. He knew those who were going to Uh, deny him, those who were going to not be able to handle this teaching, and those who were going to walk away. And most importantly, he knew who was going to betray him. Uh, We know that as we're going to progress through the text in the Gospel of John, we know one who is going to betray him. There were people that were not going to be able to handle this teaching and believe this teaching and they were going to walk away. And so one group of people uh, are these disciples who did not believe the teaching of Jesus and on him being the bread of life, and they walked away. And so what we've got is if we look at First John, uh, chapter two, uh, verse nineteen, First uh, John, by the way, one of the phenomenal books of the Bible to see the marks of a true Christian. You can just go through and put a K over all the words "no," and then list out what you learn from the word "no," and you're going to see uh, some amazing truths. Uh, second, First uh, John, chapter two, uh, verse nineteen, it says, uh, "They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been." Of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out so that it would not be shown. So that it would be shown that they are all not of us. So you've got this group of disciples that John is referring to. This group of followers, and of these followers, when the teaching became difficult to understand, and and he wasn't talking about uh, feeding the flesh and giving the nourishment of the bread for the for the. Uh, temporary needs, and he was talking about the spiritual, the people could not wrap their brains around that, and they did not believe what he was teaching, and they walked away. That's one of the two groups that Jesus were referring to. Uh, Verse 66, uh, or verse 65, and he was saying, for this reason I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him from the Father. Verse 66, as a result of this, many of the disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. And so we see that from from this, you have this group of people that they were following Jesus. Let's Let's say they were the people who loved the things that he was doing. They loved participating in these big feasts and seeing all these wonderful works that were were happening and yet they never truly loved who Jesus was. And when the teaching became very difficult for them, they said, "I've had enough of this. I don't get this. I'm walking away." These disciples that he's referring to, some of this large group, they were never truly ever in on team Jesus. They they just they just loved what what he could do. They didn't really love who he was. But then we have this contrast, and we see in verse 67, uh, so Jesus said to the twelve, you do not want to go away also, do you? Hey, hey guys, hey guys, that you've been following me since the beginning. Remember you've dropped your nets and you followed after me? Remember remember all of that? Now that I've taught this, do you want to walk away? Do you want to leave? Well, can you imagine? I wonder, hmm, I wonder who the first disciple is that is going to speak in John chapter 6. Can you guess? Can you guess who it is? That's right, Simon Peter. He answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Listen to what he says in verse 69. We have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God? Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference, folks? There's a group of people who who loves what he does, what what Jesus does, right? They 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 love the things that they they see and they can physically view with their eyes. Oh, the feeding! Oh, Jesus! He took loaves and fishes and fed five thousand people. He he healed people. He did all of these wonderful wonderful things to show his divinity and his divine power and that he was God. And yet the disciples, when when the rubber hits the road in the teaching, Peter says, no, no, we're not going anywhere. And the reason we're not going anywhere is you are the one who has the words of eternal life. You are the Holy One of God. seems to indicate here that the disciples— Love Jesus for who he is. Uh, Jesus answered them, and he said, Did I myself not choose you, uh, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? Now, he meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for one of the twelve was going to betray him. What did Jesus know all along? We already saw in this passage, what did Jesus know from the beginning? that there would be people who would walk away, and there would be one who would betray him. And when he says that he is the one of the devil, means that he is about to fulfill uh, the work and the plan uh, that um, the devil wanted him to accomplish. So we've got this very important thing, that as we look at this right here in God's Word, all right, the words of Jesus, uh, they have revealed— who Jesus truly was. But when this teaching came down, um, I am the bread of life. You know, he who eats of me has eternal life. This teaching also revealed the heart of man. All right? So it showed in those two reactions the heart of man, the ones who did not like the teaching, couldn't handle the teaching, did not believe the teaching, and walked away. Then it also showed the heart of the disciples who remained and stayed with Jesus, uh, even regardless of the teaching. Why? Because they believed that he was the Holy One of God and he had the words which brought eternal life. Uh, this is a very important principle of being a true disciple of Jesus Christ, it is one who abides in Christ. All right, so let's pause and just define this abide for a minute. And abide means to continue or remain in place. All right, so in this case, it is to abide and continue to remain in Jesus because he is the one and only way to receive eternal life. So a true disciple is one who abides in Jesus. Uh, let's take a look at John chapter eight verse thirty-one, and so in John chapter eight verse thirty-one, listen to listen to the teaching that continues. So Jesus, what he was saying to the Jews, who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. All right. So here here's another aspect of this abiding, this remaining in, this being established and continuing in Jesus. And it is to abide in God's word. And so if you go back to the pr- previous text in John chapter 6, you you when you hear, I am the bread of life, and he who eats of me has eternal life— uh, I'm the true bread of life. All of this, and he says, the promise is eternal life. If you abide in me and you participate and you you remain in me. And then we have here that John chapter 8, verse 31, abide in his word. Well, the word is the same as him saying, I am the bread of life and which brings eternal life. And so what John is telling us in 8.31 through Jesus' teaching is that faith in Christ— All right, this is one component of our relationship as a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Our faith in Christ, what does it do for us? Well, 1 John tells us that our faith in Christ makes us a child of God. All right, so when we believe in Jesus, when we believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, when we surrender our lives over to him, we, by faith, are saved by grace, and because we are saved, we have the privilege of being called a child of God, First John. But what John is telling us in his gospel is that Jesus is not teaching that it's faith alone but all, that makes us a true disciple, but also our abiding in his Word, Well, what does that mean for you and I? Well, that means that not only do we know it, that we know God's word, but that we live it. And so when we know his word and we live out his word in true obedience to him, that's what makes a person a true disciple of Jesus Christ. This is a massive piece of fruit that is hanging from the tree. We, we've looked at these tests of obedience, these tests of a true disciple of Jesus Christ, and we did talk a little bit about bearing fruit last week. And this, t- this week, we're looking at this very important fruit, which is that we remain in Jesus, that we abide in his word. All right. And look what he tells the Jews. Uh, It's one thing to believe, but if you continue in my word, you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth. And what does the truth do? The truth sets us free. Isn't it amazing to be able to know this and and have these truths right before us and these promises that we can hold to our heart that the truth is that we abide in christ that we remain in his word that we believe the actions that were taken on the cross all of these things that when we believe this what does it set us free from it sets us free from the sin of our past we are no longer slaves to sin we're no longer obedient to sin but we are free from sin and we are truly his disciples when we live and abide in his word, and that is more than just knowing about his his scriptures, but it is studying his scriptures. It is then taking those scriptures and moving them from the head to the heart that brings transformation of our lives, and then we live it out. This is so important for us. I know right now I'm studying uh, the book of Isaiah, with with some of our uh, precept leaders and some of our precept students, it's it's fantastic. I'm not the one teaching uh, this this uh, course. There's another person teaching this course, and I'm really enjoying being a student in this course. And so I can't help but think back to the book of Isaiah and, and just compare the culture that we are in today, all right? So in the, in the culture that we are living in today, I can't help but think about Isaiah chapter five. Isaiah chapter five says, Woe to those who drag iniquity with cords of falsehood and sins with it carts of rope, who say, let him make speed, let him hasten his work that we may see it. And let the purpose of the Holy One of Israel draw near. This is a mocking of God. You know, the people of Israel are mocking God. And it says in verse 20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Woe to those who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. Woe to those who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those whose heroes are drinking wine and valiant men mixing strong drink who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. Uh, Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30. Just listen to what God's people say say about God in this passage. All right? He says uh, in verse 10, he says, uh, These people, they say to the seers, or verse 9 says, This is a rebellious people false sons, sons who refuse to listen to the instruction of the Lord, who say to the seers, you must not see visions, and to the prophets, you must not prophesy to what is right. Just speak to us pleasant words. Prophesy to us illusions. Make it up. Make up these things. And he says, get out of the way. Turn aside from the path. Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. And then we have the next verse was just, thus says the Holy One of Israel, because you have rejected this word. You see, true disciples of Jesus Christ, true disciples of Jesus Christ are one who remain in his word. They, they live by his word. They're obedient to his word. It's much more than just believing who he is, but it is then taking the action and allowing the truth about Jesus, about who he is and what he does, and will do for us, and allow that to change our lives, and allow us to live out a genuine faith in him. You see, the people of Israel back in the time of Isaiah, they were rejecting God. They were walking away from him. They were no more different than the people we saw in John chapter 6, when Jesus taught, I am the bread of life. They were a rebellious people. They didn't like the teachings to the point where they said, I don't want to hear it anymore. We don't want to hear from the Holy One of God. We would rather you make things up that would tickle our ears than we would want to hear from the Word of God. Wait a minute, doesn't that sound like today? Doesn't that sound like what we're living in today? There are people right now who sit in pews within the church, that, that profess Jesus with their mouth, but at the same time call evil good and good evil, and they don't want to hear from God. They don't want to hear from God's Word. They want to hear things that are going to tickle their ears and and really make them feel good about who they are and what they're doing. They want them to people to be able to condone their sin and, and really that, that word tolerate what they're doing. But that's not what we're learning about a true disciple of Jesus Christ. A true disciple is one who knows the word, who abides in the word, who remains in it, who is obedient to it. And Jesus tells us in John eight thirty one, this is what makes you a true disciple. And when you abide in me and abide in his word, you are free. Uh, perseverance in obedience to scripture is the fruit of evidence of a genuine faith. This word continue here in John chapter 8:31 means to habitually abide in Jesus words. It's the same word used for habitual sin. Abide in his word. A genuine believer holds fast to his word. He obeys it and he practices Jesus' teaching. He lives it out. So the question becomes for you and I to ponder and think about in this moment. We can't go any further without asking this question. And the question is, what is your relationship to God's Word? Are you—I'm hoping, because you're following this podcast and listening along with this podcast, that you are regularly engaged in God's Word— that you are having your life transformed by God's Word. Just this morning, I was sitting in a class listening to a group of students talking about how precept Bible studies completely transform their lives, that they cannot help but be engaged in the Scripture, and they cannot help but but have their lives changed by what they are seeing and studying because it is impacting their heart. And you see, this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus says, "Remain in Me. Remain in My Word. Obey My Word and practice My Word. These are the things that make you a true disciple of Jesus Christ." All right, let's let's keep building upon this. Let's build on this th- these uh, these fruits. All right, so let's look at John chapter thirteen, uh, verses thirty four and thirty five. And here he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Do you see it? Do you see what's happening here? That these true marks of a disciple is one who abides in, in him, abides in his word, And he, another mark of a true disciple is one who loves. So the one who loves is a mark of disciple in contrast to the ones who walked away. Uh, The one like Judas who betrayed Jesus. So a true disciple of Jesus Christ is one who loves. Uh, Keep that in mind. Uh, if you were to make your way through the first John study, those will be some of the most convicting verses in all of of all of first John is what am I doing to love others? Because if I'm not reaching out and loving others, you are not a disciple of mine. Oh man, oh man, just straight up conviction and challenge that comes from the book of first John. I want to take us to one more passage before we, we we wrap up our time, and that is John chapter fifteen. And so let's look at uh, John chapter fifteen. But before we do, let me set up the context of John fifteen. All right. So in chapter uh, this John fifteen, this is a part of what they call the upper room discourse. All right. So Jesus is still uh, in the upper room with his disciples. Uh, Judas is gone. Judas has left to betray Jesus, and then in John chapter 14, uh, John chapter 14 closes with, you know, let's get up and get going. All right, so let's go. I said, you heard said, I'm going away. I'll come to you if you loved uh, verse 28, and, you know, let's get up and get going here, and they're about to head to the Garden of Gethsemane, and and during that time at the Garden of Gethsemane, we know that Judas betrays Jesus, and Jesus is arrested, and then eventually, uh, you know, Jesus is on uh, the road to Calvary. So at this time uh, of John chapter 15, there's 11 of the 12 disciples that have remained with him. Just one walked away, and now uh, Judas did not abide in Jesus. All right, and so because he walked away, uh, many scholars believe that this is the reason that Jesus uh, began to teach John chapter 15 uh, to to the 11 disciples to show uh, these important truths. So let's look at John chapter 15 verses 1 to 8. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so it, that that it may bear more uh, fruit. All right? So in this verse 1, we just want to start with verse 1 because this is uh, the last, all right? In, in the Gospel of John, there is seven claims to Jesus uh, proving his um his deity in the I am statements. And by the way, if you um go on our website right now, if you're listening to this in December, all right. So if you're listening to this right now in December, you can go to our website and for a, a donation of $25 or more, you can receive a, a brand new study based on those seven I am statements. All right, so you can click on the donate button and grab the IM. Uh, Bible study. It is a fantastic Bible study walking through all of these I am statements, and it is a really encouraging opportunity to get into God's Word, or maybe you can use it as a gift for someone else this Christmas. All right, enough of the promotion, let's get back. All right, so one of the seven claims that he is in the I am statements in the Gospel of John. All right, there's all the I am statements, John chapter 6, John chapter 8, John chapter 10, and uh, then there's a couple in John, John nine and ten, uh, chapter fourteen, and then uh, there's also another one in chapter eleven. So you can find all that hope by go- by picking up that study. All right, verse two. This is what he says: Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. This is a very important verse that we want to look at. We have a workshop on John chapter fifteen, uh, how to understand a diff or a study a difficult. Uh, Passage. The reason that we this is considered a difficult passage is because of verse two, and when people look at verse two, they they think that they these are people uh, that can lose their salvation. So if you see this workshop coming around uh, in the next coming months, make sure you sign up for it, if whether it's online or in person, because it's really important to see that Jesus is not talking here about losing your salvation. What he's talking about is he's talking about uh, the example of a vine dresser. All right. That's, you know, the father from verse one. And so uh, this vine dresser needs to get rid of all the dead fruit that's in the area so that the, the trees, all right, that they can bear fruit. And so this is A picture of those people, uh, Hebrews also teaches this, those people who profess with their mouths that they are Christian, but they were never truly transformed by Jesus, all right? They never genuinely believed in Jesus Christ, all right? And so, this is what we saw in John chapter 6. So, when, when Jesus began teaching about, I am the bread of life, there were some of those disciples that stayed and many rejected and left. And these people, these branches that he's, he's talking about, these are the ones who were never really saved. And what look what it tells us that is, is going to happen. These are the ones that are going to be taken away uh, and they are going to be judged. So what what the vine dresser and what Jesus has to do, they've got to they've clean up the, the branches, and so that they can be pruned, and they can be shaped, and so that they can bear more fruit. The idea for pruning here is not that it's getting rid of individuals so that the big group can bear more fruit, but that as God works in the life of a believer through the power of the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit convicts, the Holy Spirit can, can transform. As we remain in Jesus and we abide in his word, we are going to be getting rid of all the things that are in a believer's life that hinder us from bearing more fruit. It's the idea of cutting away sin and hindrances from our lives that completely destroy our spiritual life. So this is so vital for us to understand because this is not about, whoa, 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 I can lose my salvation? You mean I can be pruned and I can be I can be cut off? No, that's not what's being said here. What's being said is you are never truly a disciple, therefore you are going to be cut off. And the other is that you are going to be pruned so that you can bear more fruit In your life, so proving you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Look what he says in verse 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. All right, well, that's pretty, pretty simple. And then look what he says next. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. Are you are you picking up what Jesus is laying down here? If you remain or stay around me, all right. So remember uh, that remaining or staying with Jesus is an evidence of salvation. First John chapter two verse nineteen, and all right, and then we also have. The fruit that comes of that evidence of salvation is to continue and remain in his word, and that is not just live in his word uh, to know it, but to live it out. And a part of living out that faith in Jesus, that abiding in Jesus, is loving God and loving others. These are all important marks of a true disciple Of Jesus Christ. It's all about remaining in him. Abide in him, abide in my word, and love. All these vital principles that John is teaching uh, through his gospel. All right, so abide in me, I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me, I in him, he bears a much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Oh, well, this is, this is pretty pretty big here. All right, so what we want to know is that in verse 5, what he's telling us is that we can do nothing apart from God. That a part of living out our faith, abiding in his word, and living out those truths, we can't do it without remaining in him. Look at verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch as a branch, and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned up. The, this is the, the principle. This is a very simple principle here. If you go back to what we've just talked about in verse 2, what is coming for these people who reject Jesus, who do not abide in him, and who do not live in him, and, and live in his word, and are obedient to him, This picture in this imagery right here is judgment and destruction. The whole idea that those who do not remain in Jesus are going to face the wrath of God. This is a principle found all throughout Scripture repent and return, or wrath is coming. All right, so we see that also in the book of Ephesians. We see it in 1 John that it's so vital for us. In Romans chapter 1, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But but the power of the gospel is salvation. It's saving us from the wrath that is to come. Uh, Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you... Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Uh, this is this is another one of those, ooh, wow, Can if I remain in his word and I abide by his word, I can get a Ferrari if I just ask for it. No, no. When we remain in his word, when we abide and we live out the truth of his word, our prayers, they become fruitful. Why? Because we begin to pray God's will versus our own will, and we begin to see prayer answered. All right, so so we've got this, this amazing teaching. Now look at how he wraps up in verse 9. Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you, so abide in my love. Do you see what Jesus is saying here as these true marks of a disciple of Jesus Christ? It's one who abides in and one who remains, one who stays committed to Jesus Christ, that no matter what happens, no matter what the teaching, no matter what comes around, you are not going to depart from Jesus. That you're going to remain in his word, you're going to live by his word, and you are going to live out his word. All of these things are so vital for us as a true mark of a disciple of Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says in John chapter 15, verse 16, for us to wrap up our time together. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, uh, he may give to you. You see, the principle here is all about uh, abiding in him and when we abide in him, we will bear fruit for the kingdom of God. And so this is the question that we've got to wrap our time up with. And I'm going to I'm gonna ask you folks that if, if you're listening to this this week, that you spend some time, spend some time this week and just pray and ask God and ask God to evaluate your heart in respect to what we have talked about today. What is your relationship with Jesus Christ and His Word? Are you spending time in His Word? Do you need help finding a way and a path to be able to engage in God's Word in a meaningful way? Are you stu- Are you reading God's Word, but you're not fully comprehending what God is telling you? Are you listening to all kinds of different speakers and podcasts, getting all kinds of teaching? Or are you looking into the Word for yourself, and are you digging in there for those golden golden truths that God has for us, are you spending time with him uh, using, let me tell you folks, the inductive method, asking who, what, where, when, why, and how of God's word will transform the way you study his word. And so what is your relationship with his word? Are you abiding in it? Are you abiding in him? Are you being obedient to it? Or are you the one who loves the things that Jesus is doing? Or do you love him for who he is? You see, the one who loves for who he is can stand and say, when the teaching gets tough, I'm sticking with you, Lord, because you are the one who has words for eternal life. Abide in him and abide his word. Though in his word, those are the true marks of a disciple of Jesus Christ. Father, we do thank you for this time that you have given us again. Lord, may we be blessed and encouraged by these truths from the Gospel of John. Lord, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of those listening now, that you would really speak to them about what their relationship is with your word. Lord, that they would have time and a hunger to get into these truths, to learn them and be obedient to them, that they would transform their lives and they would become more and more like you. We pray this for for all those across Canada too, thinking about uh, over 1,200 empty chairs right now for our 2023 online training. We pray that you would fill those chairs that you would fill those chairs with people who are hungry to study your truth. We pray for churches and their doors to be opened up so we can teach people how to study your word, to be able to know what the marks of a true disciple are, and then abide in you and in your word and love. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, friend, for joining us in today's podcast of Unlocking the Truth podcast channel by precept ministries canada visit our website preceptministries.ca to further your journey in his word by registering into a bible study class a workshop or leadership training that will give you the tools to know god deeply and live differently